You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hey, and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. Today we are joined by somebody that I have watched from afar for a couple of years since I discovered her on Instagram before I realized we had a lot of mutual friends. I saw her. We've, I've seen her at estate sales. I've seen her thrifting and antiquing here in town. She is a leather worker, mother and wife, and a literal dreamboat of nostalgia. <laughs> That's my favorite thing anybody's ever said about me. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Melissa Daw is here with us today on the prophecies. And I have to tell you that I don't I don't know what it is about your aesthetic, but I'm like, this is it. This is like I love your glasses. I love the style you have. I know this is weird because we're fairly new friends, but I've always like, man, she has like the perfect look for the era that you emulate throughout your entire life. Aw. Thank you. I, I just, <laughs> you're like, you weren't expecting that, were you? <laughs> but it's just, I mean, and we'll, we'll have a picture of you too from your uh, social media up on ours. Okay. So people can see just how darling you really truly are in Aww. real life. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Oh yeah. Well, it's just, you know, how I feel and I'll just make you feel awkward about it. So did you grow up in Idaho Falls. Are you from Idaho? Yes. Um, my family moved here from Colorado when I was seven. And then I lived here until I was 18. And then I moved to Pocatello for a little while. So yeah, I grew up pretty much grew up in Idaho Falls. Okay. Yeah. I consider it my hometown. Yeah. Okay. And I know just from doing some social media sleuthing that you and your husband lived in Seattle for some time. Yes. Yeah. So, um, when I was 18, um, I moved to Pocatello for a little while, and then I met my husband, well, my boyfriend at the time, and uh, he lived in Seattle, so I moved up to Seattle for, I was there for eight years. We just moved back in uh, 2017. We oh, moved back here. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So pretty recent. Yeah. What was, was that a big culture shock to come back to small town Idaho from that big of a city? It kind of was. Uh I would say the culture shock was worse when I moved there. Mm. And then when I came back, it was like reverse culture shock. <laughs> I, yeah, I <laughs> like, can see how that would Like happen. I yeah. was like getting back to what I knew best. Like the thing I remember most about moving back was like I went to the store to buy milk and milk was $2 a gallon here. And it was shocking to me because it was like 4 or $5 a gallon in Seattle. You're like, who this highway robbery? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, did somebody misprice this? I know, right. Like, yeah, that's how I felt. And uh, yeah, so suddenly I feel like I got so much money. <laughs> <laughs> like, look at this exchange rate yeah. working in yeah, my though. favor. Know, right? We're getting eight gallons of milk today. Just because we can. We're just going to figure it out. <laughs> yep. We got milk money. Literally. We yeah. got milk money, babe. <laughs> so when you grew up, so is your family from Idaho or did they move here, settle here? Yeah. So my mom's family, um, gr my mom grew up in Blackfoot um, and her family is from uh, Germany by way of Canada. Okay. So <laughs> as are, I think, all German. I, yes. <laughs> Great German yeah. Canadian yes. Canadian byway. Yeah. So uh, my grandma moved to Canada when she was 11. Okay. Or maybe, no, she moved here from Canada when she was 11. She moved from Germany at some point. I don't remember when. Right. Um, and then my dad's family, uh, my dad's dad grew up here in Idaho Falls. And then my dad's mom, who we'll be talking a little bit more about today, um, Grew up in Clear Lake, and then after her first husband died, she moved to Salt Lake. And then when she married her second husband, who is my grandfather, they moved to Idaho Falls. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Like, all over the place. All over, yeah. Yeah. My family on my mother's side is from Sweden, and they settled in Shelley the same time that wow. LDS pioneers were settling in Shelley. What? Yeah, so there's a... Was there a fight between the Swedes and the... <laughs> oh, massive. Down yeah. to the... If you left... Because most... I mean, the, and I can only speak from my family, Swedish heritage. They were uh, mostly like Assembly of God, Protestant. 
when they settled here, I mean, it was it was literally the Wild West. Yeah. And a lot, I mean, that's why we have this new Sweden irrigation district is from the Swedish and Scandinavian settlers Wow, that came here and they were used as real cheap labor by other settlers and kind of bastardized. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. So it was, it was a really, really rough time and there was a real great divide at that time. And it's so funny because I'll talk to some people who's were on the other side of that spectrum of their family being uh, LDS settlers. And they know nothing of the Swedish settlers here at that same time. They just thought they were like, it was like Plymouth Rock and they were the first ones here. Wow. Oh. Yeah, I have never heard of it. And Yeah, no. That's, I grew up here. Well, we'll have to do a deep dive. Yeah. On yeah. My, <laughs> my Swedish heritage. Your, yeah. So that's where, and my dad's side of the family, um, my great, great, great grandmother was a madam oh. in oh. Michigan. I always say that's where I get my business ethic. <laughs> And uh, so she uh, was, um, she was a madam. She had several establishments. And so her daughter, when she started to get hit on by the Johns, mm-hmm. her mother said, okay, well, you can't live here anymore. You're not a staff member. Right. Sent her to live with our Dutch Amish family. So she went from living in a brothel to living with an Amish family. Wow. That is quite the 180. Yeah. And from what we know of her history, she was married seven times. Whoa. That we know of. She would just like, she would go to a town, find somebody with her kids, get married. And then if she was done with it, she would just leave town. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's like that. Okay. I don't know what to say after that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, oh, that's an option. Yeah. But not anymore. Not <laughs> like I can just age. leave town. Okay. Yeah. But I primarily, I grew up antiquing with my grandmother. Did yeah. you, who did you start antiquing with? With my grandma, for sure. She would, um, my parents both worked full time. And so I spent a, a lot of time at my grandma's house and she would take me garage sailing, oh, like right. never to stores. Always. It was always to garage sales. And I still love garage sales. I love it. They're the best. Sales. Yeah. Right now it's interesting for yeah. those of you listening in the future. Yeah. <laughs> this is the great coronavirus pandemic if you of don't 2020. Know. Yep. We've been in quarantine for eight weeks and we don't know the future of... Well, there was a social distancing uh, state cell, but that's a whole... Yeah, yeah that was weird. <laughs> so did you ever... Did you go to antique stores? I grew up with my grandmother. We went to antique stores and sometimes to yard sales, oh, which she would always tell me before we went to a yard sale to take your jewelry off so that you could barter better yeah, prices. Yeah, because if they knew you had money, you... I have, like, don't wear your good jewelry. We're going yard sale and wear the holiest clothes you have. Yeah. So I still practice. I like take my <laughs> off and I'm like, this is awful. I have to stop. I have literally never even thought about that. That's funny. So thanks, grandma. <laughs> so did you, was it primarily the things that you were finding? Were they at yard sales or antique stores? Yeah. Um, I think she would take me occasionally to an antique store. But it was it was definitely like our summer thing was we would, I would spend the night at her house and on Saturday mornings we would go to yard sales and we lived that was when we lived in Colorado so it was like we were up in the mountains oh wow like miles between houses and so she would like print out a map of oh, all yeah. the you know yeah all the different yard sales and like she would have a route ready to go and then we would hit all the yard sales yeah that's yeah. How i remember my mom doing that they'd get the paper uh-huh. yeah, and highlight and make like then i remember her and her best friend just like chain smoking and fighting from the front seat to yes. be like no we have to go to this one next <laughs> and i miss that it's not like that anymore no. you can't you no. can't make as good of a route yeah yeah as before so is this when you started to collect your first antiques what were your first items that you were looking for i honestly I would like go and just find like clothes and stuff. And I never really, I don't know. I, I guess I was always into antiques, but I never really had any collections until I was like 15, 16. And then I was, I, once I had my own money, my own job, I would start going to thrift stores and I would buy clothes that I liked and I would buy mostly vintage clothes. And I especially liked 80s clothes, which is funny because now it's like, I would never, right, never do eighties clothes now. Well, I think, like you said, when you when you first start going with somebody, you don't know that these things are really of any value or right. precedence. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, oh, that looks like something I like. Yeah, yeah, and right. it's like a dollar, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Where you, when you get older, you're like, oh my god, they don't know how much this is, and they yeah. have it for five dollars. Yeah, 
And you're trying not to be super excited about it. And you're like, yeah, let's play it yeah. cool. Will you take 450 for it? Like- <laughs> and when I've seen you at estate sales out in the wild, you are always in the clothing section when I run into you. And I yeah. just love that. I, and, um, I've never had that option because I've always been plus size mm-hmm. and like, any type of vintage clothing were not made yeah. above a size 16. But now it's great because I can, there's different outlets to find that fashion. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But you, I mean, you have like, you are in like the honey pot of finding great vintage clothing right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm on the bigger side of vintage clothes. It's still hard. Like women were smaller back then. They were tiny. They were tiny. Mm-hmm. Like I remember and, holding a suit and I'm like, what? Like, I know. Is this for a five-year-old? Yeah. Like, and that's, uh, that's why I always look for smocked dresses because oh, like oh. if they have some stretch, Hot they'll tip. fit me. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, smocked swimming suits too. Anything smocked. Um, oh, that's good. so smart. Yeah. And then I have a small waist and then big hips. And so I always look for dresses that are fitted in the waist but free in the hip you know oh perfect yeah. right yeah which that... is a lot of 50s stuff yeah anyway. yeah yeah is that do you generally lean towards things from the 50s i would say i used to but i'm more in the 60s era now if yeah. but again that's a problem because a lot of like the 60s little mini dresses do not fit my body type they right. just you had don't to be like work. real wafy no yep. curves no right. yeah. anything happening yeah. So I have a lot of 50s stuff and then I have a lot of 90s stuff that was made like during the 50s throwback in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So I kind of I guess I kind of do lean towards 50s still, but I like the 60s aesthetic a little more, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think I when I first started antiquing, I'm not sure if it's because when I first started looking for vintage items, I was trying to curate for myself. The internet was still in its infancy. Yes. So you couldn't find anything, but what you could find was like Things that had like Betty Page, Marilyn Monroe, there was the movie Grease, and there was, I think, I didn't, I think because of our age similarity, that maybe that's where our affinity for things from the 50s yeah. came from because it was in so much pop culture. Yep. Mm-hmm. Did you lean towards a decade, Jill, that you. I don't know. I'm an 80s girl, so I will always <laughs> love neon and parachute pants. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, all of the room in a parachute pant. Yeah. I mean, you can't go you wrong. Can't, comfort, you can yeah. like gain 50 pounds and nobody would ever know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Coronavirus. <laughs> this is what I'm wearing. <laughs> like, parachute <laughs> pant. Here is where we are. I know. I had to like today because you guys were coming over to record. I was like, oh, I have to put like real pants on. To- <laughs> Not like the fancy type pants. Yeah. But like. But I like can- pants. Yeah. Yeah. Like- at least yoga pants. Yeah, well, yeah. they're they're at the bottom of the laundry right now. Laundry. <laughs> I was bummed because they're like my A team pants. Like I yeah. have like the three pairs of yoga pants I rotate through. Yep. And then when they're dirty, I'm like, well, fuck. Yep. I guess we'll move on to stretchy capris. Then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, know, you just keep finding the stretchy and like, oh, yeah. okay, we're gonna say a like a little prayer and yeah. hope we can <laughs> shimmy these up. When I'm going back to work Tuesday after eight weeks of not working. And I was like, where are my work clothes? How do I do my makeup? I do, I'm a hairdresser, for those of you who just tuned in. Yeah. And uh, I was like, how do I do my makeup? And I did a winged liner the other day, and it was bad. <laughs> Shaky. Too much came out. I know. Well, and I'm a nurse, and so I only do my makeup from like the bridge of my <laughs> nose up. Because I'm wearing a mask all day. I am so looking forward to that because I have to wear a mask for work now. And I'm like, oh my God, it's the eyes time to shine. I know. Like I'm like spending so much time on the eyes and everybody's like, damn, Jill, like (laughs) what's going on? And I'm like, guys, this is the only part anybody sees anymore. True. And like, if you screw up your eyebrows, you're done for the day. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. It's, all bets are off. Yeah. Yeah. With a bad brow. <laughs> and then I heavily rely on my eyeglasses for a brow shape. Yes. Heavily. That's why I wear giant glasses so that I don't have to wear makeup. They cover up the bags under my eyes. Yeah. For real. Like for I'm real. like, yeah. this is 95% of my look. And like if I have, when I have glasses off, I feel like a cartoon character that takes their glasses off where their <laughs> eyes get really small <laughs> and beady. And people are like, oh, Sam. I know you take them off and you're like, that's not my eye. Like, why did my eyes look so bad? It's so bad. But, and I've always loved to look for vintage frames, Mm -hmm. but they're so hard to get prescription frames put back into them because of the construction of them. Mm -hmm. 
rude fun sucking i remember t- yeah. i took one to an optometrist and she was like yeah i can't do anything with right. this she's just looking at you like what do you want like, <laughs> it's like i don't know what the fuck i'm looking for when i buy these <laughs> I, I uh my husband so here's a trick um i have a pair of frames that i loved they were super huge like crazy 50s winged what are oh, they called cat eyes yes um and nobody would put uh lenses in them so i bought huge lenses in my prescription and my husband ground them down shut the fuck up oh my god okay but i will say her husband is not just like tim allen her her (laughs) husband's a professional luthier who makes guitars and fixes guitars so he is very good at grinding an angle of a cat eye yes do and not tell like, your husband that does nothing. Right? Like, so I heard on a podcast that <laughs> you could just grind this. So he just ground them? Yeah. Yeah. He just used a Dremel with the cutting tool and oh cut them out. I know. And he, yeah, he's really good at doing Was stuff Was he so like proud that. of himself? He's not. He's never been proud of himself. Did he like, like present them to you on a pillow? Like, no, it's, he's go. not. He's so funny. I'll be like, oh my God, you, you, did you really do that? And he'd be like, yeah what yeah <laughs> like, like no big deal like yeah who what you can't do that you don't know how to make your own glasses <laughs> what are you doing but yeah so i have a collection of vintage cat eye glasses uh, i think i have three pairs that have my prescription well now i know yeah when i find i will just call <laughs> eric and go hey listen he's probably gonna be mad at me for telling you guys I- <laughs> we won't include his contact information i so know people don't this is me. ours people find your own <laughs> Yeah, that is uh that's probably one of the most frustrating things of antiquing nowadays is finding one something that hasn't been converted to something else. Yes. Yeah. Like when I see a piece of painted shabby chic oh, antique furniture. That. Yeah. It's like why? It's why? like they've committed a cardinal sin and they know not. The one that yeah. really gets me is when the cool uh, cabinet TVs, what are they called? The console TVs mm-hmm. have been converted into like dog beds and stuff. Or like, a fish tank. Yes. I'm like, what? I, I, I just, I want it to be normal yeah. as decoration. Yeah. Like it's perfect. Like if it, if you bought it and it was half broke, then yes, then that's yeah. okay. But if like, yeah, it's, even then I'm somebody like, no. like comes in <laughs> and just like it. takes the ax. I'm like, what it's are a you sacrilege, doing? man. Like, Please don't and then that. it's like, why couldn't you just find a regular piece of furniture? I, exactly. And, like, go to Ikea. Yeah. Right. Buy like a $50 thing and do that. Yeah. Or yeah, find a reproduction of this yep. piece. Yeah. I totally Stop agree. painting your Queen Anne hope chest yep. into a farmhouse shabby chic. I don't like it. You can't. And well, and you, I've been to your house once when we mm-hmm. uh, traded seeds. Yes. And you have some of the coolest pieces of furniture in your house, especially in your living room. You have a ton of mid-century stuff and Mm -hmm. 60s and a retro uh, exercise bike, which I just love. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's awesome. (laughs) It's orange and from the 70s. It's Schwinn brand even. Oh, watch out. Yeah. And we got it. I think it was $7 at the thrift store. And it works great. And I, I love it. I know. It looks awesome. Do you guys, do you, so you and Eric, do you guys thrift together and do all that together? You guys yes. both kind of collect. Yeah. He is maybe even more of a collector than I am. Like I could see that. Yeah. Uh, when we met, I was kind of into it. And then we started going to thrift stores together. And then we accrued many collections. Did you, when you guys were in Seattle, we'll bounce back to that. When you guys were in Seattle... Did, I mean, was the antiquing there just like primo or has it changed? Do you think? Um, it was, it depended. So we had like a route of thrift stores close to our house and they would be kind of hit and miss. Um, you would find good stuff there, but they would want a lot for it. It would mm-hmm. be really expensive. Right. Um, but we would have some neighborhoods that we would go to like Capitol Hill usually had, again, it was expensive stuff, but they would have like amazing vintage clothes like crazy oh, so cool. vintage clothes yeah and then north seattle was the same way um they we, that was like the furniture if we needed furniture we'd go to north seattle we like we knew where the spots yeah, were you knew, where right, yeah. yeah right yeah well yeah well i guess it's kind of the same way here in idle falls like you yeah. kind of know where you're gonna like you're not gonna go to say the goodwill for like excellent furniture right some well well yeah, sometimes maybe. but i mean it's yeah. It's pretty picked over. So when you were, did your antiquing change when you lived in Seattle or was it 
Is that was like your formative years of antiquing? I guess so. Yeah. So like when I was in high school, I was still in Idaho Falls. And so I would mostly shop for clothes and I didn't have much money. So it would be like a dollar here and there. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved to Seattle, suddenly I had a better job. I had a boyfriend who had money and we could go together. And he kind of showed me the ropes of like, you know, this is cool. This is actually quality. This is like solid. And this was Eric, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Sorry. No, it's okay. Um. And, you know, as I started to learn, I have my own things like, um, do you know about Sirocco and Homco or it's Homco uh, wall hangings? They were like, I feel like I would know it if I saw it. I think I think you would. They're like usually like gold gilded um, wall hangings and they were made from this like weird wood pulp stuff. It was like plaster, but it was made from wood pulp and it feels like plastic. But anyway, I got really into Sirocco stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I knew as soon as I saw it that that is. So this is for those of you listening. It is like the uh, there's owls, there's fruit baskets. It was all of those kind of kitschy things that you'd see. Yeah, for sure. From like the 50s, 60s era. And so I had a great collection to start to have. Yeah. And so I feel like that was probably my first real like that was a thing that I was looking for. That was my first real collection. And I probably had. 50 or 60 pieces. Oh, very and, cool. Yeah. So I had mirrors and all sorts of stuff. And I had one wall in my house, in my guest room, that was all like a gallery wall of all of my Sirocco stuff. But when we moved, I got rid of it because I didn't really care about it that much. Right. And, well, and moving is like, I love it because you can shift your collections. Yes. You know, you kind of hold on to stuff. You're like, fuck, I spent all this money on this collection. And yep. then you're moving and you're like, well, time to go live with somebody else. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Mine definitely has shifted the more we've moved. And yours has shifted more into paintings. Yeah. And I I find, like, if I see a painting that I like, I don't care about uh, the artist or anything. I just, like, if I gravitate toward one, I'm like, well, that's worth it. I don't care how much it's actually worth. It's worth it to me to pay the money for it right now because I love it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot of orphan paintings in my house. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So just, like, just random things and in fact a lot of them are in storage because i don't have any place to put them (laughs) so i have a lot of orphan paintings just sitting in my storage room but i tend to gravitate towards uh an antique that looks great versus the monetary value absolutely Uh because i want like so behind us i have a gallery wall of a lot of stuff i've curated but like the little tiny plaster angels that i have up there there's an original alberto vargas um, pinup that that's from a playboy wow cool that i found in an antique store hotel but i yeah i definitely try and find stuff that i'm like i'm gonna love looking at that yeah versus like this is an 800 dollar yeah. original and on the other hand i do find 800 dollar original stuff occasionally and i'm like oh, i'm gonna buy that for and sure turn yeah around and sell it you know once we found um a vintage wool carter which do you know anything I, about? No, I don't know okay. anything about that. So it's like, um, if you take raw wool, it's like a comb for it. Oh, but it's okay. Like a big barrel thing, yeah. you know, and they wanted $5 for this. And if you know anything about wool, those go for 500 bucks. Right. And mm-hmm. so we bought it without any use for it and then put it on eBay and sold it. Yeah. I've done that. I've done that more. I would say more recently where I've, I tend to end up on like some rabbit hole of an adventure of yes. researching something so that when I go to like the DI or the Goodwill or whatever, because it's people's kids dumping shit that they don't know the value yeah, right. of. Yep. Exactly. So I, that's why I'm like, all right, I probably should know a little bit more about these yep. markings or like China and porcelain and mm-hmm. glass. and yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm going through right now because we're building a house, like, you know, and we're in this tiny apartment and I'm like going through everything and I'm like, Oh, well, do I want to take this into the new house? Or are we yeah. done with this? And yeah. it's like, then I'm like, Oh, maybe I'll just try to sell it and see what I can get. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Then, well, then there's me when we're at a state's house together. I'm like, Jill, this would look great in your unbuilt house. Just put it in yeah. the storage room. She's so bad to go with sometimes. <laughs> it's like, I'll sit and look at it. I'm like, Oh, she's like, no, you could totally make this really pretty cake and put it in there. And I'm like, oh my God, you're so right. That's right. How and did I not figure that out? Yeah, yeah. It's a problem. My husband and I both share this issue of like having the hardest time letting go of a useful item. Yes. So we just literally hoard things. And my husband went up to a house where we got our greenhouse glass from. Uh-huh. And he came back with a Dotson tailgate. 
<laughs> a broken bench that we can fix because it's cast iron. Nice. The bottom half of a candy machine. <laughs> so the tray that catches the extra tidbits. I feel like these are not, that's not hoarding. You're just being, you're being wise. Yeah. You're planning for the future. I mean, please don't. I hope my husband doesn't <laughs> listen to this because it's just encouraging him because he'll just be like, so I, he brought home, he works uh, for a rental furniture company and he brought home a fireplace, a electric fireplace without the outside. It was just the element and like the screen. And I was like, what are we doing with this, babe? And he's like, well, it's a fireplace. Like we can just, I'll build something to go around. I'm like, with your extra time. (laughs) He sounds like me. Yeah. And well, and we both are uh, extremely guilty. Yeah. I'll buy like the fourth set of measuring spoons. And I'm like, I just, what if the other ones I'm just baking all day and they're all dirty? I know. (laughs) what? That's, that's my husband. He's like, so you really need another cake stand? Yes. Yes, I do. We don't know when I'll buy and like make 50 cakes. So (laughs) I have to be prepared. (laughs) Like I'm preparing for the worst case scenario. Yeah. (laughs) You never know when I'm going to enter a rogue baking competition on the Food Network. It could be. Exactly. It could. (laughs) Right now. I got, I got to check my email. Look, here it is. I I have to go. They are searching for me. I just know it. (laughs) Well, and I will collect something to be like, I wonder if somebody's going to come into my house and be like, oh my God, you have xyz yeah and i'll be like yeah bitch i do and now we're best friends because you know what it is it's a test for everybody who comes in yeah like some people buy a new outfit when they go to do something new i buy a new antique as like a a space saver in yeah. time to be like like i worked at comic-con several years ago and i bought a taxidermy duckling at comic-con what yeah is it here I yeah have to see it. he's in my curio okay. cabinet his <laughs> name is templeton <laughs> he's a little yellow uh pecan duck who was a byproduct of the commercial food industry so don't oh, at me sad <laughs> i honestly am obsessed with taxidermy i love it I don't have any taxidermy. My dad has two pieces, one mm-hmm. a little raccoon and the other one is a little turtle. And I love that. I love taxidermy. Yeah. I love anything macabre and strange and like I want a jackalope so bad. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised you don't have a jackalope I, They're hard yet. to find. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've gone out of favor and now they're like more money than I want to spend See, When I was growing up, when I was a kid, they were everywhere. I know, like the Billy Bob Every, Bash yeah. fish. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be an antique one day. Oh, Billy my God. I think it probably already <laughs> it probably is. It probably already is. We should see what the going rate is on eBay. But yeah. Well, then you can, now people like program into their Alexas and stuff, which I would hate to have a child with a Billy Bob Bass fish and Alexa. Alexa, <laughs> Alexa play Let It Go. Oh, I hope that didn't turn on anybody's Alexa. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. But yeah, it, the, the duckling that I got and I used to have, oh, Franklin. I had this necklace that I bought at this fantastic kind of occult store in Silver Lake in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And it was called Memento Mori. I think they're still open. And it was a glass ball. And on the inside was an octopus. What? That was like the size of a dime or a quarter. Like a real octopus? Yes. And I loved it. And then it fell one day and the glass broke. Oh, no. And I lost franklin and i wore that thing like my clients knew the name of that octopus <laughs> it was i have to say if you're washing my hair and there's an octopus dangling in my face off of your neck i might be like can you can you remove franklin can you, it is can it's you a like package deal to the bat i yeah. used to if i'm wearing something long that like runs across the top of somebody's nose i just tuck it oh yeah so I'm like, sorry, that's not a boob. <laughs> Unless you're her friend and then she's like, deal with it. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're not paying me any extra. So <laughs> here you go. But I, you know, I tend to have things that tell a really great story versus look really great in my home. And you have brought today something that literally makes me just like anticipate excitement and the stories that this item could tell. Yes. It is a doll. I will let Melissa tell the story. She told me about this through a message and I was like screaming on the other side because (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I have to know about this. Okay. So my grandma, the The one you antiqued with. Yes. The one I antiqued with, um, when she was young, it was the middle of the depression. She was born in 1929. 
So when she was young, they were very, very poor, like did not have enough to eat. One time she came home from school with her three sisters and they looked around the house for something to eat. They found 13 beans. Oh my God. And that's all they had in the whole house. So they were very, very poor. So um, my great grandma worked for this woman as a housekeeper. And this woman gave my great grandma a box of kids toys to give to her kids um, that, that the, the boss lady, uh, the, her children had grown out of. So in the box was this doll that did not have any hair. It was like a, a bald baby doll. Mm-hmm. And my grandma was like, it was sometime between 1935 and 1939. So she was somewhere between six and 10. I never really pinned down what year it was. Um, she wanted a baby doll, but she wanted a doll with hair that she could do the hair. And so my great grandma, Grandma Letty, stayed up Christmas Eve and cut her own hair off. She had this long waist length hair, cut her own hair off and made a wig for this doll. And my grandma has kept this doll for, I mean, how long ago was that? 70 years ago. Right. So she passed away five years ago um, and Uh. I inherited the doll. But it's so special. I, I brought it with me over here to show them. But I mean, that's my great grandma's hair on that doll. And the doll has almost no intrinsic value. I'm sure that it's not collectible, but to me, it's priceless. I right. Mean, well, it's so cool. I, oh gosh, I have it. chills from that story. Aww. Like that is like the epitome of having a great antique that tells a great uh-huh. story. And I love the the hair aspect of it because in my china cabinet, I have two bundles of hair from the twenties. Oh, really? That were cut off and saved. They're wrapped in the newspaper from the day they were cut off. That is so So cool. when you told me about the hair on this doll, which yeah. we will post pictures of it on our social media, but it's in the cutest little uh, pinafore, like blue dress with white leggings and brown Mary Jane shoes. And the there's this darling embroidery on the front. And it is like this... I don't... It's not quite red hair, but it's not quite brown hair. Right. It's right on that auburn line. And when I first saw the length of this doll's hair, I was like, how much hair yeah. did she cut off? So, uh, in fact, this I brought my grandma's book as well. And she had one, in the whole book, she had one paragraph about this doll. So I'm going to read it. Is that okay please, with you guys? Yeah, please, 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 yes. Um, <clears throat> it says, I was in the Grant house that I got my doll with hair for Christmas. My mom was doing house cleaning to help put food on the table. And this lady she worked for brought a big box of toys for me because her daughter was getting new ones. I kept asking for a doll with hair, and although there was a doll in the box, it didn't have hair. Mom's hair was waist length, and she cut it and sewed it on a little cup she'd made and curled it with her curling iron. The same one she'd used for a different story, sorry. Uh, So Christmas morning, I had my doll with hair. My mom always wore her hair in little buns all around her head with a hairnet over them, neat as a pin. She never took her hair down when dad was around, so he didn't know she'd cut it. It was a couple months before she found out, and of course, it was growing back by then. But from what I know about my great grandpa, he was kind of he was an alcoholic and kind of like crazy, so he probably like would have maybe yeah, would slipped have out. Yeah, wow. oh that like gosh. made me emotional. Yeah, isn't that cool? Uh, I love it. Yeah. And for years, my grandma always had it when I was a kid, and she always said, "Someday this will be yours." And for years, I didn't really understand like the significance of this doll, but it was like. A gift given in this time of just nothing. There was she had nothing. She had no toys, and so it was like this doll was the the only thing that she yeah. had. Well, and the ingenuity of her mother to go, okay, I have hair. Yeah, I have these doll parts, and the wig cap. I mean, the what this hair is sewn onto looks like it was done by a professional. I mean, it is yeah. so well executed. And it, we all know that, I mean, the three of us are mothers, the, the lengths you will go to yeah. for your own mm-hmm. children. Yeah. Yep. And, and wow. And just the fact that she hid her, that she cut her hair. Yeah. Like nobody knew yep. until it was grown out. And then it was like, oh yeah, I did that. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> I did that. But also like, don't you feel like this doll shows up and it has the exact same color hair as mom? Don't you think you would be like... Mom, what's going on here? Where did you get this hair? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, it matches your hair. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was the, your grandmother had the first American Girl doll. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exactly what it is. 
because I had so my name is Samantha and the Samantha doll looked mm. just like me as a child but I never had one because we were super poor oh. But yeah, your grandmother had the first one modeled after her own mother. I just, and this is, that's one of the things that I love the most about any type of old item is that story attached to it. Like the fact that you still have it in your possession and you have this story makes that antique, I think, the greatest significance in your entire household. I would agree if, you know, they, people ask you like, what would be the one thing you saved from your house if it were on fire? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what I would save is that doll. Mm -hmm. Because I keep it in a china cabinet in my living room with a bunch of other weird stuff right next to a picture of my grandma. But for some reason, like that doll doesn't smell like my grandma. But when I open that cabinet, it smells like Chanel number five. And that's what she wore. I was just going to ask, are there any weird like haunted things attached to the doll where it was such a personal item? I don't. Well, I've never experienced anything, but yeah, the smell is weird because that's the only thing from my grandma in the the China cabinet. And it is so strong when I open it. It's like a wave of that smell. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's cool. That is incredible. Makes me happy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I like, yeah, you can totally tell how much that doll means to you and the fact that every time you open the china cabinet, that's just like your grandma saying, oh, you're bringing it out. Yep. Hi. Yep. Did you find anything great at an estate sale lately? What do we, what do we got? <laughs> What'd you get? What'd what you get we, for me? What are we working with here? <laughs> do you have, because I, I know you have two sons. Mm-hmm. Do you, what are the things you plan on passing to them? Have you thought about that? I have not thought about that. I have... Uh, just mountains of weird little kitschy antiques like wall hangings and decks of cards and you know i'm gonna be they're gonna be going through my stuff after i'm dead being like what the hell is this mom why did why did you keep this (laughs) why is there 40 of these right exactly (laughs) don't talk about my jar of buttons like that (laughs) i i do not have a jar of buttons i have a rubbermaid tote of buttons oh yeah I, I collect. <laughs> I have a, the things. butter cookie tin of nice. buttons. <laughs> I don't have don't buttons. Don't look at me like that, Jill. I don't have buttons. <laughs> I'm trying to think, what do I always collect every time? I don't have anything. And jars of buttons used to not be cool, and you could get them for real cheap. Yeah, now they're now, cool. It's like 20 bucks. I'm like, fuck off. Yeah. Oh, I used to get, get out of Ethan, here. my husband, um, Titax every time we'd go. Mm. to an, like I'd look for Titax. So he's got a bunch of vintage Titax. And I bought one and it had like this turquoise gem on it. And he just looked at it. He's like, you don't expect me to wear that, do you? <laughs> and I'm like, it's like really cool. Yeah. Like it's vintage. Like, <laughs> no, he's never worn it. Dustin, my husband, uh, he always finds me. He's the one that has curated all of my vintage hair tools. They've been Christmas gifts that oh, he used awesome. to get from uh, Jeannie that owned Park Avenue Antiques. Uh-huh. He'd call her and be like, Christmas is coming up. What you got for hair stuff? <laughs> I think I'm totally paraphrasing. And I have some of his great grandmother's hair stuff too. Uh-huh. But he one he went to a yard sale. He had a Saturday off, which is real rare. And he came to work where I work at a salon. And he goes, I got you something at this yard sale. And I was like, oh, great. What'd you get? And he pulls out from the, his back in a fully intact, everything still with it, original packaging and warranty. A Floby. No way. Oh. Do you know what's hilarious? My dad and my stepmom literally use a Floby to cut their hair. Like they bought a vintage one. And they you know what else is one. hilarious? What? My dad, who has two licensed hairdressers, oh, no. cuts his fucking hair with a Floby. <laughs> he came in, he winters in Arizona, and then they come home and uh-huh. he he came in and I was like, Hey, where did you get your hair cut last? <laughs> And he was like, so he's like, it's actually, it's real cool. You know, I, uh, I just, I got this Floby at an estate sale and I was like, why the fuck not? I mean, I know what I'm doing. So he's walking me through this. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Walks me through this fucking haircut that he gave himself. And I was like, well, next time be real cautious on the left side. Cause you're about two inches longer over here. He goes, I didn't think I did that bad. It's all right. When I come to, he wears like the, like David Hasselhoff, like, Oh, yeah. and then combed back. Very nice. So yeah, we did for April Fool's Day one year. We put uh, free Floby haircuts, and we had the Floby on the front desk at the salon. Oh, that's funny. That's great. Any takers? No, no. And my running joke at work because my husband is bald. I say I married him because he's bald and he has health insurance. It's a hairdresser's dream. 
and then I just told him that I tell that joke, and he was like, "Oh, thanks." He's like, "No, that's not so funny." <laughs> wow, thanks, honey. Love you so much. <laughs> but I, yeah, he, uh, he definitely. When we first got together, he didn't have a aesthetic. I would say of antiques. Mm-hmm. He just liked the super like modern furniture you'd buy in Walmart. Yep, like you know, it's prefab and all that stuff. And then he got with me and I had like doilies and Pyrex and all of these different things. And so now when we go pick at an estate sale, he has his things that he gets. Like he uh, is going to be opening probably his own VHS store someday because nice. he won't stop buying VHS. You, you have a VCR, I yes. hope. Okay, good. Because yeah. <laughs> if there's no VCR and he's still buying them, that's, that's when it's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's obsolete. Yeah. Yeah, be careful. This VCR is testy. Those of you who grew up in the 90s yeah. know. Starts making that noise. You got to get the tape out. Yeah. Hurry. Eat it. Quick. Get it. Yeah. We... Uh, funny you say that we also collect vcrs because we have a huge collection of vhs tapes and if i mean eventually you're not going to be able to find a vcr yeah and so when i see them i buy them that's a good point because also they're cheap because nobody wants them no because why would you want that technology we're like hey the quality yeah have you ever seen (laughs) the little mermaid come on with the tracking adjusted just right exactly i am having to rewind it to the right spot honestly you can buy back to the future one two and three on vhs for a dollar i'm not gonna spend money who and one day yeah we will have an extensive collection that will go for millions of dollars on whatever the selling website is of the future because who knows at this point right it'll be like etsy ebay it's it's bay it's bay it'll just be like you scan something with your virtual it'll be a virtual reality yeah oh we're gonna patent that nobody take it yep yeah virtual reality antiques <laughs> can't have it so imagine with me if you will we are let's see where are we antiquing today jill we're in the suburbs of hollywood okay Okay, we're going to an estate sale. This woman was 95 years old, lived through the heyday of Hollywood. She has great antiques, great pieces. Okay. Walking through the front doors, the first things we see are brass, swans, deers, the the various animals. Yep. And then we also see plant stands that are also brass and of the same era. Okay. Which one's going home with you? Both. Both. You're going to just double down. I, I my, see my thinking is if I'm not going to use it, I can get rid of it later. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I, same. Yeah. I, and I cannot let anyone else have it because it's my, once I see it, it's mine. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what right. I mean? Yeah. And maybe that's greedy or maybe it's smart. I do the same exact That's thing. why it's hard for us to go together because we're, we're like, okay, you go this way, you go that way. We can't meet until yeah. we've had our stuff. Like there was, okay, there was one antique sale where I picked a walk up, an electric walk, uh-huh. and set it down. And then Jill's checking out and I see her and she has the walk <laughs> in her hands. And I went, oh, you got it. Good. It's a good one. It's good, right? I know. We do the, out uh, like, because I'll do the same thing. I'll put like some little container and she'll come pick it up. And I'm like, she'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to use it for this. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. <gasps> good idea. Son of a bitch. That's why I cannot antique with anyone outside of my own household. Because it must reside within my house. We're going to have to send yeah, a yeah. group text to the three of us and yeah. be like, are you going and what time? Because yeah. I'll probably fight you in the park. And also, I'm, go- <laughs> I'm going to have to go earlier than you. So. <laughs> are you working? Yeah, yeah. never mind. No, I no know. Reason. Sam's always like, it's third. I'm like, damn it. I've got patience. I can't go. <laughs> Good luck. Day off. We'll go yeah. to Costco. <laughs> All right. So we've, we've walked in the front entryway. Now we're Kay. going into the kitchen. Okay. Okay. We're surveying everything that's around. She wasn't a great chef, but she had like some top end stuff. Okay. Okay. On her countertops, she has a vintage all chrome toaster. Okay. Okay. But next to it is also an original single stand milkshake maker. Mm. What's going home with you? Probably the toaster because I'll actually use it. And I have no use for a milk milkshake, milk stand. What is it called? So they were like a single. The only reason I know what it is, is my family had one that was passed yeah. down. 
I feel like Isn't I can like see it. Like the malt it. machine. Yeah, the yeah. malt machine. Yeah. And it's like Dixie's Diner has them, and when they yep. hit the metal can, it screeches at you. Yeah. You know, yeah. for the field and nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in my kitchen, especially if it's not useful, I will not have it on the counter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I would go for the toaster. And plus, they they always have the vintage ones. Always have the swirls on the sides. Oh yeah, and you for know some what I'm reason, talking about. It's so pleasing to me. After yeah. your dear old heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Last one. We wander through. Okay. We've now gone into like hall closet. Okay. Okay. There's an array of things to choose from. All right. You're, it's a lot to look at. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Are you taking the matching 12 person setting of napkins hand embroidered? Or are you taking the hand embroidered pillow shams? That's tough. I would say pillow shams because I don't collect napkins, but I want to. I am only going mm. to collect them to make a, a balance for my kitchen. Oh, that's a good idea. See, and I would get the napkins because I entertain. Yeah, Jill, yeah. yeah. You would take the napkins. Yeah, yeah and I never entertain. So, yeah. No, I'm like, shams. if you come to my house, I know you're coming to my house. <laughs> <laughs> if you just show up and I don't know you're going to be here, I'd be like, well, fucking stand on the porch, I yeah. guess. You didn't get me a Well, up. in our new house, we've got like this little dining area. And my husband's like, what are we going to do? I'm like, we're entertaining, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> like, this is the whole reason I'm building this house. Don't ask questions. <laughs> just smile and nod. Yeah. Well, that's like, I have this, like the Chinese, the China porcelain that I have, the Lennox porcelain. That is like a 12 or 14 person setting. And I'm like, do we have enough people in our family to use? Uh, it's close. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, I also don't want people over that don't know how to handle that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like, the it's worst. It's not barbecue wear. Yeah. That's the worst when you're like, look at this. And they're like, ah, and like throw it around. And I'm like, no, you're supposed to admire yeah. it. Look at the work on it. Yeah. I uh, Yeah. Like I go, I buy the things that are interesting. Like if I'm at an estate sale and there's a lot of garden or hand tools. I feel like they don't make them with the same amount of quality. So I always buy. Yeah. That's how I am with like kitchen utensil stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't, they don't last. We sound old as fuck. They're just, you know, they don't make things like they used to. (laughs) Now I understand why people say that. Yeah, But it's true. It's true. I mean, that's why like I live in a house that was built 60 years ago because they don't, make them like they used to yeah your house and my house both have a a boatloads of character and you have the last thing i want to touch on is it is it's the best she has a vintage wallpaper collection oh yeah an extensive well not extensive but but. it is just like i walked into her kitchen the first time we met like in real like close quarters and i come around the corner and she has the was it on the wall Uh uh-huh the kitchen wallpaper in her house mm-hmm. is like farmers plowing a field. It's this great country yeah. scene and it repeats every two feet. Yep. And I was just like, oh my God. It's the greatest. I'll send you a picture too. Please. Yeah. I'll post that up. Yeah. Um, so where do you, do you just like, how do you find that niche of an item at an estate sale or a garage sale? You know, it's funny. Um, I, all of the roles that I have bought um, or were given to me, we actually bought in Seattle. So... We found one roll of like this ship. It's like uh, it looks like a pirate ship. Yeah, well, like, I guess I don't know. But it it's is like all a, the sails. Yeah, a map kind of thing with um, ships on it. With yeah, what are they called? Schooners on it. Sure, you are. You could literally <laughs> say any word, and I'd be like, "That is exactly what that yeah. is." <laughs> yes. Um, and we found that at a thrift store for like a dollar, and it it's a whole roll of. I'm pretty sure it's like 70s and completely unused. So, yeah, so we bought that and we were going to put that in our old house. This was like way before we ever decided to move. And luckily we never did. So we can bring it with us. And then. Oh, that would have been such a bummer. I know. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I probably would have tried like steaming it and like rolling it again. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do anything. I'm taking the wallpaper (laughs) off the walls. (laughs) We're moving. I got it. It's got to go with us. Uh, and then like right before I moved, um, one of my friends, I was in this Bible study with these ladies and this older woman was moving and getting rid of a bunch of her stuff. And she had this box of what it was labeled as contact paper. And I was like, well, I mean, I'll look through it. 
And at the I'll very never turn an empty <laughs> yeah. bo- I'll never turn a box down. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Ever. <laughs> at the bottom of the box was this, like, not just a whole roll, like a roll and a half of this beautiful floral, like huge, like the flowers are probably 17 <sighs> inches across. Blue flowers on oh like a cream gosh. background. And it is my favorite wallpaper. So where are you going to put it? That's going to go in my living room. Do you, do you, did you see the, the peacock on my wall? Yes. Yes. It'll be behind the peacock. Oh, glorious. Which is also Sirocco, by the way, that giant peacock. Um, I love that I'll have like new things to look for now. Yes, uh-huh. My friend, uh, she lives in Arizona. She has a Sirocco like pantry scene. It's like bread and apples. Oh, and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. on the, it's like the only antique thing in her entire house oh, is a Sirocco funny. thing on her pantry. And I was like, how attached to you are that? She goes, it was my grandma's. And I was like, fuck. Okay. <laughs> You're like, all right. I see those sometimes. It. Like, and it's always like, you know, a washboard or something. And then some apples and weird stuff. Yeah. But, random. Like what yeah. goes, what, <laughs> what goes with washboards? Apples? Are people eating bananas now? No, I don't think so. Not really. So we're, let's do apples. Can you do one eaten? Just the core? Yeah. That's a big seller. Yeah, let's but- fucking throw that <laughs> on there. Those are like, some butter. Like those are seventies era and the sixties era are usually like, because those are like painted like different colors in the mm-hmm. 70s and in the 60s and earlier they're all like gold right with like white accents and next time you come over i have to show you we have one in our basement bathroom which is huge it's a cherry blossom and it's probably like three feet tall and two Whoa. feet wide it's oh my huge gosh. and it's beautiful it's like gilded gold with pink accents love it it's so fabulous I love it. But anyway, so I, I guess I wait. still do collect yeah. Sirocco. I just don't I think wait. about it. Yeah, just, yeah, okay. yeah, you collect it so much that you're like, oh, oh, oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> well, and you can't like when you're out and you see an item you don't have, you're like, oh, we'll, we'll add it. Yeah. Let's go. Come I know. <laughs> and especially like, oh, it's on sale for 50 cents. Like, I'm, why Why would I not I buy can't it? Exactly. It's it. like you can't not yes, get it. I've done exactly. it before. And then that antique will haunt me until the day I yes. die. I know. I hate that. And my husband will be like, why'd you get that? I'm like, because I had to. <laughs> I didn't tiny, know. The tiny antique curator inside of my body said, please buy it. Yeah. We have to have it. Yeah. Sitting on your shoulder. You'll regret it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got a devil and a, yeah. an angel and they're both saying, just fucking buy it. <laughs> just get it. You don't. I know You're you driving have. us nuts. <laughs> I know you have 47 salt and pepper shakers, yeah. but you don't have laughing pears. <laughs> Come on. Um, we're wallpaper. We we're talking about wallpaper. Uh, so it'll go up. The blue flowers will go up on my living room wall. Gorgeous. And then what else do I have? So we have an extra roll of the farm wallpaper in the basement from the owners that we bought it from. And then in the hallway, we have this. It's like, uh, I don't know. How would you describe the gray? Oh, it's kind of stardusty, atomic-y, yeah. but not in the sense that you immediately go to. Right. But it's definitely very mid-century. It's a great pattern. It's like gold embellished with like this gray blue background and it makes for a very dark hallway but i like the drama it gives i do that was like it's a great thing because that's the first thing you notice when you come into her house she has such a this long entryway Mm -hmm. that i was like captivated by that wallpaper your house is a very great flow like aesthetically from it doesn't feel like themes are mashing together because you have the great wallpaper in her hall and then immediately you turn into the kitchen and there's another instance of fantastic wallpaper i know i'm i'm I don't think I would ever have been obsessed with wallpaper until I moved into this house. And now I'm like, I love wallpaper. It's such a great house. Yeah. Um, and then in the basement, we redid a, a bedroom downstairs and it, it, hit a, it had been painted over long ago, but I pulled off a vent off the wall and around the vent was the remnants of the most, oh, I could die that they painted over it. Oh, it no. was like the most amazing boomerang atomic era like orange and pinks, like warm colored. I just can't believe they painted over it. But I, so we have just a tiny little remnant of what what's oh, left. Oh, my mouth is just agape. Like I know. that is like the best wallpaper. When we bought this house, when we were doing that final walkthrough, what are we have these great big like uh, built-in closets, like craftsman closets, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. in my son's room there was this like awesome western wallpaper and i was so stoked because i think i think a closet is a great use of wallpaper absolutely Mm -hmm. and when we moved in they had removed it and painted the whole closet white and i was like heartbroken yeah 
That is something you don't get over. No. And this, like, the room we're in right now in my kitchen was white. Like, everything Mm -hmm. in this house was, like, white and beige and cream and with the exception of the dark green in the living room. But there was, like, nothing playing to the age of the house Mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. And that was, like, which I'm so excited for you with. You're building your house. You can put a lot of those aspects of the interesting bits back into it. Yeah. That's my plan. Instead we'll of see making if a it cookie works. cutter. Inject some yeah. charm into it. It'll yeah. be glorious. Yeah. Hopefully. In my mind, it's going to be glorious. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, then it will be. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. In a real life, we'll find out. <laughs> it's going to be great. Well, Melissa, I want to say thank you so much for coming and telling us yes, about your thank you. awesome yeah. so Thanks for having me. doll today. I think it's just cool. I can't wait to hear more about the things you have in your home. I okay. hope you join us again. Yes, I'd love to. Thanks. Okay. So uh, Melissa is now, since recording the show, a really great friend. Yeah. And I've been to her house and we both garden and it's just, I love their family. And I got to go to her house this past weekend and see some of her Sirocco in person. And before her episode, I had seen Sirocco. Right. But it was not on my radar. Well, and like... I've seen it, but I didn't know that's what it was called. Correct. Yeah. And so now, since her episode, I feel like it's all I'm seeing. <laughs> I thought the same. I've gone to a couple of states. I was like, hey, that's Sirocco. Hey, I know. I hey, know what that is. Sirocco, nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and she actually brought me, um, we had a little garden sign painting party at my house. Aww. And she brought me some cute little Sirocco pieces. I'll put them up on the Instagram uh-huh. for my bathroom. I think I'm going to put them in the bathroom. Yeah. Because they'll go. They're beautiful. These little rose kind of cornets. Is cornet a word? I don't know. These little tiny plaques. They're gorgeous. So, and she had sent me some pictures of the Sirocco in her house that will have up like the peacock that she talks about. I know. That's awesome. It's just, and I had, well, like I said, I never heard of Sirocco. I'd never, uh, it wasn't on my radar. So learning about it, I was like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah. And then, I'll, I'll explain that my friend bought some off of Instagram, some Sirocco, a mirror, mm-hmm. and two candlesticks. And she texts me. She goes, it's fucking plastic. Oh. And I, Hold on. It'll make sense when we read this. Okay. I said, does the back say Burwood? And she says, yep. <gasps> and then I explained this to her. Oh, shit. So this information that I got is from Syracuse University. Huh. Right. Because Sirocco was founded in Syracuse, New York. In 1890, by an immigrant named Adolf Holstein, or Holstein, the Syracuse Ornamental Company, Sirocco, specialized in decorative wood carving, especially for the local residential market in Syracuse. Products included fireplace mantelpieces and other types of interior decoration popular in late Victorian homes. To meet increasing market demand and sales opportunities, Holstein, 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 developed a material that looked and felt like wood, but that which could be shaped, allowing multiple pieces to be produced through a molding process. The new product, which combined wood pulp brought from the Adirondacks with flour as a binder and other materials to give it strength. What? I know. And it was extruded and then cut to fit the compression molds, which were made from the original carvings in real wood. So this pulp this wood pulp that is was extruded and pressed into these molds and they used shallow molds with little undercutting that helped the pieces take up a low profile on the wall as well as lay completely flat oh sirocco operated in a large factory in syracuse and at one point employed 400 people oh my gosh the company has changed ownership several times in its lifetime the first being to the Rexall Drug Company in 1965, which soon changed its name to Dart Industries, which we all know Dart from Tupperware. If you right. look at the bottom of Tupperware, yeah. it says Dart. Yeah. Then it went to 1995 to Sierra Tech. They sold Sirocco to Marley PLC of Seven Oaks, England. And in 2004, Sirocco was purchased by Vasallo Industries in Puerto Rico, which closed the plant in 2007. In April 2010, Tessie Plastics purchased the 270,000 square foot Sirocco plant and is now being used for storage and distribution. Oh my gosh. So when she told me these are plastic, 
And I said, turn it around. Does it say Burwood? It was, it's the extruded because they're so light. They, they are yeah, not heavy at all. Yeah, that's what I, like when you pick one up, you think, oh, this, this is going to be plastic. heavy. Yeah. And it's like not. Yep. That's so cool. Like I didn't, like the fact that people are like, oh, I'm going to take these shavings and mix it with some flour and put it in this mold. And like, then we're going to paint it and we're going to do all this and we're going to manufacture this and sell it. And I mean, I, I, I was just blown away at the history of it because I, I, this is what makes it more interesting to me now. Cause Sirocco before I was like, Oh, that looks cool. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's really neat. But now it's like, Oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I didn't look up any, uh, pricing or anything. It's varied. Yeah. I I mean, I $10 pieces to 300. Yeah. It just depends on what you're after. I think. And like, yeah. Because it comes in such many, like, designs and stuff. Right. Like, Hundreds. And so there's no telling what the rare one is mm-hmm. compared to. And I think um, from what I read, there is also, like, I think some reproductions or when it was changing courses and well, ownership. Well, yeah, and changing hands and changed. so Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so we also talked about the jackalope, which I didn't know was a thing until I moved to Idaho. Right. And I was when I was doing the research for this, I was like, no wonder it's such a big deal here. It's literally a part of the lore of the West. Yeah. I when somebody was like, Did you see a jack? I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I know I'm from the city, but I know that's not a thing. But no, like like you said, it's the lore of the West. Like, mm-hmm. that's the thing. I'm um, so we uh, found this on Wikipedia. Good old Wikipedia. You got to love it. So back in the 1930s, uh, Douglas Herrick, Herrick and his brothers, who were hunters with, a, with the taxidermy skills, uh, popularized the American jackalope by grafting deer antlers onto a jackrabbit carcass. Which, like, <laughs> I, I just picture them sitting and being like, you know what? You know what would be great? You see that dead jackalope, that dead jackrabbit over there? I got these little deer antlers, and it would be fucking hilarious. I know, like, I bet we could make a book. Tell them we found this alive. You know what we're going to do? We're going to get this. We're going to mount it, make it look real pretty on a nice piece of wood. We're going to put these deer antlers. We're going to sell it at them trading posts. I know. Unbelievable. And it's stuff like that. But they they sold it. um, They... they sold it to a combination of local hotels in Douglas, Wyoming. Yeah. And then they made and sold many similar jackalopes to the retail outlet in South Dakota. <laughs> like this, like the more I keep reading, I'm like. And there gosh. was a lot more on this Wikipedia page than what is included here. Yeah. But it's just, I, the fact, I mean, it was founded and made in the thirties in Douglas, Wyoming. And it, it's just stuff like that. You just never know. No, nope. never know. Um, so other taxidermist, taxidermists uh, continued to manufacture the horn rabbits in the 21st century. Um, the jackalope has appeared in published stories, poems, television shows, video games, and low-budget mockumentary films. Yes, when I did yes. a Google search, it came up. Yeah. I can't remember the name of I it. I can't either, but I remember seeing it. Yeah. Um, the Wyoming leg- legish. Okay, just the Wyoming legislator. Lit. It's okay. It's early. I'm sorry, guys. Um, considered bills to make the jack jackalope the state's official mythological creature, which is awesome. Um, the underlying legend of the jackalope, which the Wyoming taxidermists were building, may be related to similar stories in the culture and other historical times. Uh, researchers suggest that at least some of the tales of horned hares were inspired by sightings of rabbits infected with the Shope papilloma virus. And it caused horns and antler-like tumors to grow in various places on a rabbit's head and body, which... If you see that from afar... Yeah. And you're like, holy shit, does that rabbit have horns? Well, and it's just like the Navy seal, you know, Navy tales of back then where they saw a whale and they thought it was a sea creature... Right, so mermaid. That, yeah. Loch Ness monster. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot to the jackalope, but this felt like a good place to start on the Google jackalope hole. Right. It's just, I, 
yeah, I when I started to look for it and uh, like really because I mean I've seen it my whole life because I yeah. grew up here. Yeah. So I was like, oh, it's just a jackalope. And like my um, my stepmom's cabin, her parents' cabin, they have a jackalope on the wall. Mm-hmm. They also have a taxidermy deer ass. So it looks oh. like it's jumping through the wall. <laughs> it doesn't have legs. It's just the butt, the rump roast. <laughs> I've seen that before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, when I came to Idaho, I was like, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. And then I saw, you know, a stuffed one. And I was like, is, is that a thing? Because... <laughs> It was done really well. And it was like, oh. And then I told my parents, I was like, there's rabbits here with horns. Right. It looks very believable. Yeah. They did a good work. Um, and surprisingly, prices start at a hun- like almost $200 and go up from there. I Yeah. I was shocked when I saw the numbers because I've always wanted one for my collection. But I don't know if I want to drop 200 bones. Which I could see because you could see this as a thing like... um like Asian society, like would they would see that and like they'd be like, oh, right, but like visitors that. and tourists and yeah, stuff. like that yeah. would totally like I like I said I was just like the real thing. I need one. Like yeah. I kind of wanted a stuffed animal of one. Oh, like, they make stuffed ones, oh. and they make stuffed taxidermy mounts of it. There was also like files you could download your own three D printing version of a jackalope. There's a lot. I know they're big here. Like <laughs> they're big in the West. <laughs> big deal here, guys. Yeah, it was super interesting to look up that in the Sirocco and see, uh, like we said, we here at the Mothball Prophecies are all about the history of the antiques. Yeah, and this like this like I would have never the Sirocco thing. Mm-hmm. I never would have known that's how yeah. they made them, and that's what we're all about. We want to know why mm-hmm. and how. Yeah, and what grabbed your attention to start collecting that. Yeah. And we want to know about the strange oddities, antiques, and vintage items you have in your house. Yeah. Send us an email at themothballprophecies at gmail.com. Follow along with us on all of our social media. We're at the Mothball Prophecies Original on Instagram, the Mothball Prophecies Original on Facebook, as well as Twitter. Feel free to send us an email. Tell us how you heard about us. We would also love it if you followed our podcast on all the platforms and gave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us. And those of you that do leave us a review, be sure to screenshot it and send it to us, either our email or on Instagram, and we'll be sure to send you some merch. As always, keep your eyes peeled for that rare antique and have a wonderful time thrifting. And we'll see you later. Bye.